bring in Rebecca, who's going to deliver the message today. We are in a, a series where we are talking about the vision and values of our church um, and over different topics. And I am so thankful that for a year straight, without a break, Rebecca has been delivering City Kids lessons uh, via email to all the parents and homes and video lessons that are up on our Facebook page and on YouTube uh, that you can still go back and watch video lessons for our City Kids, for our children's ministry. She loves the kids of this church and they are excellent video lessons. I hope that you are uh, using them and uh, taking advantage of that resource. You know, Rebecca has been faithful in over 20 years of ministry. She's been trained, educated, licensed, and ordained as a pastor for City Harbor Church. She is wonderful. What a gift to us today. So let's go to Rebecca right now for our time of the message. everyone. Thank you so much for joining with us today. I'm excited to share the word with you today, but before we get into it, let's go ahead and bow our heads and um, spend a quick moment with Jesus. So let's pray. Dear Jesus, I thank you so very much for your goodness, so much for your grace and your kindness and your forgiveness and your peace. God, we just take a moment to pause before we continue and to turn our hearts towards you, to turn our minds towards you, to just push out any emotions that we're feeling and invite you to speak to us during the word today, invite you to interact with us, invite you to show us your love and grace and peace. I just ask for such a sense of your presence in every home right now. In the name of Jesus, amen. So when Ben and I were talking about me doing this message, I have to be honest with you that my very active imagination kind of went down the road of, I've been spending a lot of time over the almost last year doing City Kids videos on Sunday mornings. And I just had this thought of, <laughs> what if in the middle of this, I think that I'm on the City Kids video and I up the energy a lot and I think that I need to really put a point across <laughs> so if I do that please forgive me it's weeks of practice <laughs> but Ben has been going through our kind of vision statement for what he and I see our church becoming parts of what it already is and what it will be in the future and he puts this up on the slides every Sunday, and this is what it says. We see a church loving Jesus in the way people talk about, where people find salvation and healing in Jesus, helping people find careers and peaceful homes, where everyone can find a place that they fit, and serving the city with love that works. And last week, Ben talked about our calling and even talked about careers and stuff. And this week, I want to talk about the peaceful home part. So when we have this in our statement, what is it that we're trying to communicate? What is the goal that we are reaching for? 
so my first thought in this is that idea of a home that when you come in from errands or work or being out and about that when you cross the threshold and you walk into your house that there's this sense of I I'm home but then also where communication skills are learned so that well there may be disagreements in the house there's no arguing or how about a place where it's okay to make mistakes where it's a safe place to make those mistakes where those mistakes will be received with grace and love and we can learn from them and move on and also a home that when other people visit they feel that peace that is what we're talking about so what is peace we're talking about the word shalom in hebrew or arene in greek and i'm not going to go into this very much cuz ben did a great message in depth about the meaning of peace and you can find that on the website <laughs> cityharborchurch.com/messages but i want to go over just a simple definition of what the full meaning of that shalom peace looks like completeness safety and soundness of body welfare and prosperity peace quiet tranquility contentment friendship with god and other human beings and peace from war and we're not as humans going to be able to step into the full meaning of this until we get to be in with god in heaven but we can taste that parts of this any day every day of our life So that is the goal that we're reaching for today. How do we tap into that? How do we get to the place in our life where peace is the main thing that we are feeling instead of fear, anxiety, worry, stress? That is our goal. Well, why is peace in our home important? So, cuz God desires it for us. and he asks us to actually work for it. So, Psalms 34:14 says, "Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it." Romans 12:18 the beginning says, "Do everything you can to live in peace with everyone, <laughs> including your family." <laughs> Hebrews 12:14 says work at living in peace. So this is something that's throughout the Bible. This is a theme. So therefore I think it's really important to God. So where does this peace come from? It comes from Jesus. One of my favorite verses in the whole Bible that's just so poetic and powerful, prophetic the words of Isaiah chapter 9 6 for unto us a child is born he's talking about Jesus unto us a son is given and his name shall be called wonderful counselor the mighty god the everlasting father the prince of peace Jesus is the prince of peace John 14:27 Jesus is talking and he's just told the disciples about how he was going to send the holy spirit 
And he says, I'm leaving you a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. And also we see that peace is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which means it's also something that the Holy Spirit will work to produce in us. Yes, it does take effort on our part, right? Seek peace, pursue it. But the Holy Spirit really wants to be involved with this. He wants to help us with this. I'm really grateful for that. So I want today's message to be really practical because it can be really easy to do a Google search or something and look up verses on peace. And there's so many beautiful ones and challenging ones. But I want the message today to be very practical because I really do want each of our homes to be homes of peace and each of our personal existences to be ones of peace. So we'll talk about some practical stuff. So first off, how do we get this peace that the Bible is talking about, this peace that Jesus says he will give us, that he's already given us? So the first thing is our relationship with Jesus. Salvation and forgiveness of sin through the blood of Jesus being shed on the cross takes our sin away from us and removes a barrier that existed between us and God. And when that barrier is gone, once it's removed, when we come to that place of repentance and salvation, we have access to that peace that I've been talking about. But this is very much the first step, our own personal salvation. The next thing Jesus says is John, in John 15, 4, remain in me and I in you. If Jesus is the source of peace, if he, if he is the prince of peace, spending time with him is automatically going to start soaking that peace into our spirit, into our mind, into our heart, our will, emotions. If we're connected to Jesus, we have access all the time to that peace. Well, the next thing is a tough one, right? <laughs> Obey God and live a holy life. Second Timothy 2.22 says, Run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. So here we have this picture. We've already repented, but then we have this picture beyond that of as we continue in our walk with Jesus, when we make mistakes, when we sin, that we turn and run from it. We ask for forgiveness and we pursue peace. So number one is with how we get peace is our relationship with Jesus. That's the crucial cornerstone to the entire message of this. But number two is we need to practice peace. My own state of peace or lack of peace has an effect on everyone around me, especially my husband and my kids, right? Even my dog. <laughs> So 
I need to practice peace so that when others are around me, they get peace from me, that it's coming out of me. So, again, this comes from spending time with Jesus, me choosing every day to put things aside, to spend time with Jesus, to talk to him, to build my relationship, to learn about him, to tell him about me. But one of my favorite verses, right, this pursuing peace, it can be hard to get at it sometimes. But one of my favorite verses in the Bible is Philippians 4, 6 through 8, because it's a really practical discussion and and kind of a mini guidebook, a step-by-step list of how can you get peace. So I'm going to go ahead and read that today. It's Philippians 4, 6, 7, and 8. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need, including his peace. (laughs) That was my addition. (laughs) Then thank him for all that he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Right? So let's talk about this first. I use this frequently. And it works. (laughs) So the first thing that this verse mentions is talking to God about everything. How you're feeling, what you're thinking, what you need, what you desire, miracles that you wish that God would do, people that you wish that he would bring to salvation that would respond to his love. Talking to God about everything. And then... Tell him what we need. And I mentioned this while I was reading the verse. You know, if you need peace, tell God that. God, this day is stressing me out already. I have a list that's so long. I have no idea how I'm going to get through this. I need your peace for today. Tell God that that's what you need. Then after you kind of unload yourself, right? (laughs) Then we spend time thanking God. Sometimes when I'm having a hard time feeling thankful because I'm feeling overwhelmed or stressed, I start with really simple things. So I think God has heard these things frequently from me. Things like, thank you, God, for flowers and plants, for animals, for fresh air, for blue sky. Thank you for our home that you miraculously gave us. Just whatever comes to mind, just start thanking him. And it's amazing how when you do that, you may start with something that you've already thanked him for so many times in your life. And then out of your spirit, out of your soul will come this thankfulness for bigger things. God, thank you for my salvation. Thank you that I get to spend time in heaven with you. Thank you for your grace. And you'll start to feel things of thankfulness bubble out of you. It's amazing sometimes how that works. So 
so this verse talks about how after we do those things, then peace will come, that God will give it to us. But then the last verse that I read, verse eight, talks about another step. And this one's also so incredibly helpful. So the first thing it talks about is fix your thoughts. That's an action, right? That's almost like have a staring contest. Or if you're trying to find a bird where you just stare at the top of the tree until you can maybe see movement and know that it, that's where it is. It's that idea of I am training my eyes on a specific point. So fix our thoughts on wonderful things. Isaiah 26.3 says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Here's another correlation of our thoughts being fixed on God or good things and how that brings peace. So again, what does this look like practically? This is another one that takes practice because when you are feeling all kinds of different emotions, it can be very hard to think of admiral, beautiful, wonderful things. We can just get stuck into negative emotions again sometimes. And so I would suggest that Maybe on your phone or a piece of paper, somewhere that you, something that you have with you often, that you, when you're in a good mood, write some things down. Write some things that you're thankful for, for the earlier part of the verse, but also write down things that are wonderful, beautiful, admirable, things that people that you appreciate. Make some sort of list so that if you get stuck, you can just read through that list and start thinking about those things. Help your future self in this way. <laughs> Another thing you could do is spend time creating a collage, right? Where pictures of beautiful things or people that you love are all on a board so that you can look at it when you're feeling stressed and thank God for those things and fix your thoughts on those things. Well, I'd like to say that I did say that this verse works and it does. I use this frequently as a pattern when I'm stressed or anxious. But sometimes it's also where I do these things and I get to the point where I'm not feeling the panic or the frustration or the initial jolt of emotions that I might have from something that has happened. And I do these steps and I pray through them and I'm feeling an initial release of those emotions and God giving me that peace. But even this Tuesday this week, I did this and I still didn't feel like the complete peace. But I felt so much better. And then I found throughout the day as I listened to worship music and as I just did the stuff I needed to do, all of a sudden I would feel like this groundswell of peace welling up inside of me. And it was like layers continuing to peel off of me and layers of peace being put in their place. So sometimes it's an instant thing and sometimes it's a throughout the day thing. I love both of those. <laughs> All right, so let's get back to practicing peace. So the first one, the first point of that was the Philippians scripture that we just talked about that's so practical. The next up is get whole. Get whole, your emotions, your mind. Allow your past hurts and habits to be addressed and healed. 
by God himself, by things like celebrate recovery or counseling or therapy, get whole. Another thing is get help for anger issues or communication difficulties. Anger can obviously is kind of like the opposite of peace. So we don't want that. And communication issues when we're having a hard time communicating, like I just did, (laughs) it can cause frustration in us and it can cause frustration in others. And there are skills and things that you can learn to make it better and make it easier. And so get help with those because it will help bring peace again to yourself and to those around you. Another one is choose to give grace and forgiveness to your family members that are living in the house with you. Second <laughs> Corinthians thirteen eleven, the second half of the verse says, live in harmony and peace. And then the God of love and peace will be with you. So in other words, be nice. <laughs> it can be hard sometimes when you're living with someone 24-7, especially since we've all been in our home so much more. It can make it more difficult to have grace for someone, to have forgiveness, to be nice to someone that we're around all the time. We need to choose to give people around us that love and grace. It's a choice. Well, what about playing worship music in your house? I often have to do this when I'm driving and sing along with the worship music. And I have beautiful times in the presence of God, but it also keeps me from being annoyed with other drivers. (laughs) Worship music is a healing balm. It reminds us of who God is and what he's capable of. It ushers in his presence. We can't be frustrated, angry, unforgiving when we're in the presence of God, when we're in a spirit of worship. So just pray it around your house. Play music around your house or in your car. Well, the next one is recognize when you aren't at peace. This takes practice, right? You could get to the end of your day and realize I just went through the entire day and I didn't feel peace the entire day. It may take practice for you to realize and recognize when you are filling up with anxiety, stress, fear, worry, and then just pause as soon as you can. And what I like to think of it is using my breath to breathe out symbolically what I'm feeling that's stressful and breathe in the presence of God. God's already around you. He's already with you. But it's just that recognition of I need to get rid and let go of this negativity or fear, anxiety, whatever you're feeling. And I need to allow the Holy Spirit to interact with me. I need to allow him to bring me that peace. It takes effort. We have to pursue it. We have to choose to still those thoughts, to take a moment and pause, to ask God for help, to allow him to interact with us in that very moment. And I promise you, if you practice this, it will be easier and it will come quicker. And the levels of peace that you can 
feel in a second will be life-giving and life-changing to you. It really does work. So recognize when you're not at peace. And as soon as you can, take a moment to pause and interact with God. The next thing is family prayer and worship time. So the more that we can give God an opportunity to interact with us personally and with our family in our homes, the more we're allowing ourselves access to that peace. So we've done this as a family many times where we'll turn on worship music on YouTube and and just worship together. Or sometimes Ben will play the guitar and we'll worship together. And even if it's just a few songs, it can change the atmosphere of the house. It can change how everyone is feeling about the day and bring us to a place of peace. So family, prayer, and worship time, experiencing together, laying our prayer request before God and thanking him. So this leads right into the last point of practicing peace is help your children learn how to access peace from Jesus. So if we're spending time in prayer and worship together, then that's definitely helping them and teaching them. But you can even walk them through this Philippians 4, 6, 7, and 8 in that, okay, kids, we're going to we're going to pray and talk to God and we're going to tell him what we're feeling and what we need. We're all going to take a turn and then we're all going to take turns thanking him. And then we're going to take time as a family to talk about things that we love and enjoy and memories that we have that make us happy and feel peace. You can do this together as a family or when your child is feeling overwhelmed and stressed or the emotions that we definitely feel as adults, walk them through this. Help them create a collage. Help them to create a list of things that they're thankful for. Help your children learn how to access the peace of God. Help them to breathe. Help them to recognize the presence of the Holy Spirit. Gradual steps as they grow will help them get to the place where they realize it's fruitful and beneficial to them and they'll start doing it on their own. We need to disciple the next generation in this. We need to learn for ourselves how to do this so that we can pass the information on to the people that are coming up underneath us. So our third point today for how do we get peace is pray for peace over your home. I do this regularly. Isaiah 32, 18, and my people shall dwell in peaceful habitation and in sure dwellings and in quiet resting places. What a beautiful promise. I pray that our home is so filled to overflowing with peace that when people walk in front of our house, when they cross the threshold of our property, there is a change from the sidewalk to our property. That there is a sense of the Holy Spirit, that there is a sense of peace and grace and life and love that is available to them 
that is unlike anything they're ever going to get from anything else in the world. I pray for that. I pray that when we sleep, that a spirit of peace hovers and settles over us, that we would sleep in peace. I pray for peace in our communication and in our fun times as a family, that God would allow it to be bathed in peace. Pray for peace over your home. Again, what a great thing to do as a family. So in the grand scheme of things, this peace that I'm talking about is so important, so vital to our stress level, to our ability to notice when people around us are hurting, our ability to give grace and extend forgiveness when people have wronged us. It is vital to all of that. And yes, it's absolutely for you. God wants this for you so much. And it's for your families and your children. But it's beyond that. It's us learning and developing the skill of accessing God's peace so that we're not only teaching our children, but we are discipling other believers new believers, even maybe long-term believers who've never been able to access this, develop this skill, what would it be like if we can disciple other people as a church together in this skill? How can we benefit and bless their families, their lives? So let me give you an example of this. So when I was five, we moved from Portland, Oregon, my family, from Portland, Oregon to Monterey, California. My dad is a California boy. He grew up in the Central Valley. My mom was born and raised in Portland, married each other. My dad was in the army. They spent time at a base in California. And later on, years down, when um, they had a couple kids and my dad was out of the army, they felt God was telling them to move to Monterey, California to start a church. So that's what we did when I was five. And um, I have all kinds of amazing memories from that. It was a beautiful place of the world. And I also have a lot of crazy memories from that. So near the end of our time there, we were renting a facility that was a church on the bottom. And the top half of it So it was a sanctuary and a couple classrooms and bathrooms. And then the top half was a couple of classrooms and an apartment. And our family lived in that apartment. So at this time, my sister was a, the time that I'm thinking about, my sister was a sophomore in high school, I believe. And she was going to a public high school in the area. And um, she, or maybe she was a junior, but she had a lot of different friends because she's a very friendly, kind person. And she had a little bit of a tough time though, because people quickly figured out that she was a little bit different and that she was um, abstaining from sex. She didn't drink alcohol. She didn't take drugs, all these things. And so she kind of got a reputation as a goody two shoes, but people still really loved her. And then when they found out that our church was on a street named Virgin Avenue 
you can only imagine the jokes that my poor sister had to put up with. <laughs> but there was a group of kids at the time. This is the 80s. And there was a, sh um, a show called Rocky Horror Picture Show. And one of the theaters in the town would show this late into the evening. And um, there was the characters in this show were very distinctly costumed, a little bit outrageous, obviously with the horror part in the title, a little dark. And there was a group of kids that liked to dress up like the characters in the movie and then go to the movie and all dressed up. Well, one time they thought it would be really, really funny if they just out of the blue showed up at our house no invitation, no warning, dressed from head to toe in these costumes to see what this Christian pastor family would do. I very vividly remember the knock at the door and we had a big glass window in the door and a window next to it. Seeing this group of kids that were dressed very unusually at the time I knew nothing, I was like 11. I had no idea and just thinking who is at our door? So my parents went and answered the door. And when they found out who the kids were, invited them in. My mom made brownies and popcorn and we sat around and talked and played board games and laughed a ton. And those kids ended up hugging my mom when they left and saying, thank you, this was so fun. And you did it without even knowing that we were coming and we enjoyed ourselves and we laughed and we felt loved. We totally kind of turned around what they thought was going to happen when they showed up. My parents didn't react to how they were dressed or what they were doing, just showed them love. And up until this point, my parents have been practicing peace in our home. And so I know that when they crossed the threshold, they felt a difference in our house of the presence of God. And it impacted them. So... We need to be ready and practicing peace in our home, but we need to be ready for people to bring their lack of peace into our home and then trust and know that the power of the Holy Spirit will impact them with his peace and it will change how they feel. It will change their day for the better. Ephesians talks about us being prepared by wearing the shoes of the gospel of peace. Being prepared to talk about Jesus, being prepared to share our testimony. And if we are inviting people into our homes where we practice peace, that warms their hearts up to hear. And it gives us a natural opportunity to share the peace and love of God. The shoes of the gospel of Peace is the good news of Jesus, of salvation, forgiveness of sin, eternal life. Isaiah 52, 7 says, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. The good news of peace and salvation, the news that the God of Israel reigns. John 20, 21 said, As Jesus appeared to the disciples after his re resurrection, he said, Peace be with you. As my Father has sent me, so I am sending you. I talked about teaching our children how to access peace and learning 
and training ourselves so that we can disciple other people in this. As we grow in this and saturate saturate ourselves in this peace, we then take it with us wherever we go. And when people in the grocery store are walking down the sidewalk, walk past us and we smile at them, they're not just feeling or sensing you. They will feel and sense the peace that you have been practicing and the presence of the Holy Spirit that is with you and it will impact them. And again, if if we're practicing this and inviting people into our homes, it kind of removes layers of roughness from their hearts and allows them to feel our love and feel God's love through us. And this is how our homes can change a neighborhood. This is another series that Ben did. We talked about how having a peace house can change our neighborhood. Peace is real. Peace from God is what is real. And I'm so excited to have shared this with you today because it is something that I have worked and worked for. And it it matters. It works. It affects me at a level that is deep. And so I encourage you, let's go on this journey together of learning to access God's peace, pursuing it together, and learning how to share it and disciple our children and the people around us in it. How much more beautiful will this world be if we are able to accomplish that? So today, I want to just end by praying for us about this. So why don't you go ahead and close your eyes and maybe even do what I said earlier and just take a deep breath in and then let it out slowly and let your shoulders relax and be ready to interact with the Holy Spirit and the peace that he has for you right now. Let's pray. Ah, Holy Spirit, you are so good. Your interaction with us is so vital to who we are, who we can become. I thank you that you help us access the peace, that you help us relax. God, I thank you that peace is always available. And Lord, I pray that as a church family, we will work hard at seeking peace, that we would pursue it, that it would be part of our daily life, taking action to access peace, making choices to access your peace. And Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you would just relieve further layers of stress that people are feeling. That you would remove anything that is preventing them from feeling your presence and from accessing your peace. And God, I pray, Lord, that as we practice this, that you would remind us of the verses, especially Philippians 4, 6, 7, and 8, that you would remind us of the steps. And Lord, when we are just feeling overwhelmed and stressed in a day, and we're just frantic and trying to get through, that Lord, you would interrupt that, that you would help us to pause, to breathe, 
to ask for your help, to ask for peace, because I know, God, that you are so faithful, so faithful to do this. You respond so quickly with this. And God, I pray that when we're struggling with our emotions, Lord, that when they're overwhelming us and we can't feel that peace, that we would fight, that we would seek and pursue your peace until those emotions are pushed aside and peace breaks through. And that it would be such a sense of love and life and lightness and bringing the ability with it to trust that you've got us. Lord, I ask for a blessing of peace over every individual in every home. Peace of rest when we sleep at night. Peace of mind. Peace to be able to make decisions. Peace in communication in family matters. God, help us to be good at this and then teach us how to teach other people how to do it. In your precious name, Jesus, we thank you for this. Amen. Thank you for spending the time with me today. I love you guys so much. I'm praying for all of you that we get good at this. And I know we're going to because God wants to help us and because you are all such amazing Christ followers. Thank you for being who you are already. Thank you for sharing this journey of life and our relationship with Jesus together with me. Grace and peace to you today. Bye-bye.